Keen, and we are two brown chicks changing the face of therapy on both sides of the couch. Yes. We appreciate you joining us this week. We have Miss Milana Snow, who is a model. She is a Reiki healer. She's an actor. You've been on TV. You've helped comp- like huge companies. You've worked with them. And so we're going to learn all about what she does and how she helps women women heal and create spaces for women um, and their healing. So thank you so much for joining us, Lana. Thank you for having me. So happy to be with you guys. <laughs> if my dog just yes. starts like getting up in the camera, you guys don't be surprised. She's like in the in the area right now. <laughs> yes. So can you tell us a little bit? I know you have a couple different businesses, Serene Social and Wellness Official. Can you explain a little bit about your journey into healing and what made you uh, create these two uh, platforms? Yeah, so I actually, um, gosh, I've been an entrepreneur for about seven years now. And, but really, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, actually. That's really <laughs> the truth. And um, my first company was Serene Social. And I, I have actually transitioned that company into my current company, which is called Wellness Official. Um, when I started doing uh, Serene, it was 2012. I was living in New York. I really was tired of being a model. <laughs> I was just, I've, I've totally, I realized it was not the right place for me to be, the not right industry for me to really try to fit myself into. Um, I actually had moved from Houston, Texas, which is where you guys are, right? You guys in Houston? Yeah. Southwest, small city, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, I moved, I moved from Houston to, to New York when I was 18. And then I went to city college there um, became a model, um, worked at Vibe magazine, um, and Uptown magazine and a few other magazines actually while I was in, in, in college. Um, that's how I paid my way through school. And then when I graduated from college, I was, uh, casted on the show called Project Runway. Um, and Project Runway kind of changed my whole trajectory because I was then able to go from working in magazines and being in, you know, a college student, which I had then graduated from, to then being on this TV show and going into modeling and acting full time. And it was really after about two years, I realized this is not for me. This is not the right fit. I'm not made to be a fashion model. My body, my skin color, my hair type. It's not working for this industry right now, so I got to get out. So I did, and that's when I started my first company, and it was really to counterbalance that because I wanted to do something that actually had meaning, that had purpose, something I could really truly be proud of, not just because of you know, what was on TV, but because I knew what the impact was internally. Right, right. So you felt like you needed to make a transition because modeling just wasn't what you felt was – for you, it wasn't an alignment totally. what you wanted. Totally. Looking back, it sounds like it was a it was a gradual sort of process of you sort of seeing like I don't think this is the this is for me. Was there was there a particular incident or something that happened that really was the turning point for you where you're like this is this is not what I need to be doing? Um. That's a really good question. I mean, especially since we're on this show, I, I, I really like to go even deeper into like the the backstory of that because a lot of people, you know, 
have not heard me speak to this, even my own friends. I think one of the biggest things that I had to really come to terms with was that I did not have a body that fit into the industry. And I had to work extremely hard to keep my body at a certain size. At one point, and I actually wrote an article about it that's on my blog to this day. At one point, I was down to 124 pounds. I'm 5'10". Um, it was... I, I made myself a promise that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't purge, I wouldn't do drugs. And that was like my container. Like I won't throw up and I won't do drugs, but I'll do everything else I have to do to stay that skinny because I was told that that was the only possibility for me, that I had to be a certain size to be able to model because I was 5'10". And so, you know, I would go into my agency every single day for months and they would measure me every single day, measure my thighs, measure my hips, measure my arms, like around my arms. And what it took for me to be 124 pounds was just like, it took me hours of working out. I could barely eat. I had to drink coffee all day, every day. And it was really, I think the turning point for me was, um, I had a, I had a breakup with a, a guy who was a male model and this male model who is actually from Houston, ironically, <laughs> he was, he was like killing it. He was making lots of money. And, you know, I was like 19 years old and he was, he was like just really successful. And I was so in love with him. And he was like, you know, if you really want to be a fashion model, you got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. You can't be this skinny. Cause when I came from Houston, I was doing like music videos <laughs> and like, I, I was doing like Coogee. Coogee campaigns, literally. And then, you know, he's like, yeah, you yeah. really want to model, you're going to come from Houston, got to lose all this weight. So I lost all this weight. And when, when him and I were like officially broken up about two years later, when it was like really, really over, I was like, why did I really do this? You know, what is this really about? I had so much anxiety and sadness about being heartbroken from this relationship and realized that one of the reasons why I had lost all this weight was actually because I was trying to fit an archetype of a model that I thought this male model had told me was right based mm-hmm. off of his girlfriends and the girls that he worked with in campaigns. So I was super heartbroken, super sad. And I was sick as hell. You guys, like I had like physical issues. I was breaking down. So I went to a naturopathic doctor. I will never forget it. I was 123 pounds. He measured me. He said I had 3% body fat. And he literally told me, if you do not go home and start eating fat, like if you don't start literally tonight eating fats to put fat back onto your body, you will die. And I remember sitting there thinking, huh, does he mean that? Or is he just trying to scare me? (laughs) And I thought about it and I was like, yeah. He's a naturopath, so, like, yeah. maybe he can say things like that, not, like, an actual. But then I thought, you know what? Either way, I think I should probably stop this. <laughs> and that was the turning point. That's when I changed everything. And, and actually, after that is when uh, Project Runway came. I gained a little bit of weight. I, did, I didn't gain a lot, but I gained a little bit of weight back. And I told my agents, I'm not supposed to be doing fashion modeling. Just let me do TV commercials. I, I can't. It's, this right. is not for me. I wasn't built this way. That's so powerful because I think that's, that's you know, we, we had someone not that long ago um, who uh, fit with her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she was talking about 
the things that sometimes women have to do. You know, you see the Instagrams, you see, you know, the images and you're like, oh, you know, that body. And she's like, and she was saying, really what you're saying is like, you don't know what it takes sometimes and, and what we have to do to our bodies in order to achieve that. And, and it really is something where we're kind of going against our bodies, yeah. right? It's not this kind of um, peaceful girl. relationship yeah. with it. Yeah. I'm very yeah. curious how you how you feel the the fact that now it has become like more inclusive, I guess, modeling. Um, I still think fashion, you know, when you're talking about like big fashion shows, they're not as inclusive, but it has become a little bit more inclusive as far as like race, body shape, um, accepting different types of bodies and things like that. Do you think that's a good thing for the fashion industry? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's so amazing because I mean the, the I'm only talking about you know ten years ago and I. I am just so amazed at, like, the fact that I can now say, yeah, like, back when I was a model, <laughs> you know, I mean, or even eight years ago, I was on Project Runway eight years ago, but, you know, time now is so, it, it ha- everything happens so fast, so it's really interesting to see how, you know, I feel, even now, I'm, I'm 31 now, and, you know, I have a healthy, thin body, but I'm, I'm curvy, I got a butt, I got big hips, you know, and I, and I love that I feel like there's a place for me even now, you know, I don't, I don't model yeah. like I used to, I don't go to auditions and things like that, but I still do campaigns. I still do social media uh, partnerships that are like with major brands. And, and to me, what's so wonderful about not just the diversity, but the autonomy that people get to have now, like you're not a model, like you can be Joan Smalls, you can be, you know, Moana Snow for such and such brand. When I was, you know, working to be in the fashion industry, because it never actually worked for me. It wasn't until I transitioned to TV that things actually worked for me. But when I was trying to be in the fashion industry, you were a model. There were no credits. It, it was so sad. There'd be credits for everybody else on the last page of the spread. And even to this day, they need to catch up on this. Fashion magazines still do this for the most part. There'll be you know, makeup artist, photographer, stylist, all the credits for everybody else, even down to the assistant for the photographer, but they wouldn't put in our society, if you ask me. Um, And so, you know, you look at now, not only do we have more diversity and inclusion with all sizes and, and, and backgrounds and the whole spectrum, but we also are giving women and men and people who are, you know, on the spectrum of gender, mm-hmm. autonomy. Right. And and then that gives you the power to actually speak to how you want to do things, what you want to do. There's a lot of brands that I will not work with. There's a lot of things that I won't do. That's one of the reasons why I don't model anymore because they, they there are a lot of brands and companies that are not up to the standard of, of what I would want to represent or support. But what's really cool is I can actually do that now and I can be named and I can also speak to why I chose to work with certain brands, even if it's just on my social media. So I think all that coming together right now in the industry is what's changing it. I think that's why, you know, brands like Victoria's Secret are actually having a really hard time right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, just even how you were describing it, having more visibility, because it, it, it even sounds like just even the process of being a model, you have to just 
invisible. Be shrinking, 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 <laughs> invisible, invisible. And we're not even going to recognize you. And it's so celebrated. So like this erasure, really, of, of, of our bodies, of, of just not being visible. Mm-hmm. And so totally. I love that not um, are you saying I'm more empowered now, I'm, I am more visible, but you're also creating spaces for others to heal and to have more visibility. Right. So can we talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the transition? Like what was uh, Serene Social and why and how it transitioned to Wellness Official? Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Um, so when I started Serene, I was 25 years old and I had set this intention to start a business that I could really, really be proud of. And I had a literal vision of doing rooftop yoga at the James Hotel in New York, which if anybody has ever been to New York or knows New York, that's like a really amazing rooftop in the middle of Soho, which has like practically a 360 view of the entire city. So I had this vision, I pitched it to my friend who was one of the managing partners of the space on that rooftop and we actually pushed it through. And so in 2012, we started doing rooftop yoga and at the time it was for women only and it was one of the ways that I felt was how I could bring all these women that I knew, all these powerhouse women in New York City to come together in a more holistic way and in a more unifying way because I think the women's like, the resurgence of the women's movement was just starting at that time. A lot of women were still kind of feeling separated and not feeling super cohesive. So for me, that was my my way of helping to bring the movement at that early stage back together. And so we started doing that in 2012 and it just really, it was amazing what happened after that. It became rooftop yoga in London, rooftop yoga in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, we started doing talks and dinners at like some of the top clubs in New York. I mean, nightclubs even, but they were like wellness based. Um, started working with major fashion brands like Alexander Wang and partnered with Samsung and Smartwater before these, before any of these brands were doing anything like this, you know, we were doing like Reiki circles at Alexander Wang. And I was like literally doing angel card readings on the side. I mean, it was just like, (laughs) it was amazing. It was so amazing. And I was like 25, you know, and I had just quit modeling and I was just, you know, doing what I really felt was on my heart to do. And so I did that for a few years and then, I brought in two business partners to help me realize a bigger vision that I had that I was feeling was coming into play. I was seeing Airbnb do things with community and, and, and hospitality. I felt like there was something about that kind of platform that needed to happen in the wellness industry. I felt like it was super siloed. So I brought two women in and it ended up being that I really did not bring in the right partners and I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I got to learn real fast in about a year what happens when those two things are happening at the same time. And I decided to to shut the whole business down and start over again so I could pursue this larger vision of bringing the global wellness community together and something that happened in that process because it was a very, very, very painful process where I was not allowed to tell anyone what was happening. Um, I was not allowed to... Yeah, I, there was all kind of legal issues and lots of really nasty, horrible things happening. And so I wasn't able to use my voice. And it really, actually, as a woman of color, you know, I'm, 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 half, I'm half white, I'm half black. My dad's also from, from, from uh, Panama, so I'm also Latina. And I had all of these things coming together 
as a woman feeling like I had been colonized, feeling like I had been, you know, taken advantage of because I was unaware of what was really happening. And so that actually turned the entire scenario on its head and made me realize that, oh my God, there's people in wellness who really give a damn about the mental health and wellness of all people all over the world. And they're not getting a voice. They've been colonized. They've been taken advantage of. So I have to start this over again. So I went and started a new company, raised money and have built uh, an international platform of holistic practitioners where inclusion and diversity is a driving factor in the foundation of the business. And it's because of what happened to me. And um, we're in the second phase of beta. We are testing it with real practitioners all over the world right now. And it, and it is really like a, a true purpose in my life to get this out to the, the masses. Oh my goodness. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and, you know, the theme I think of this month has been the struggle, struggle. Yeah. <laughs> the struggle, the struggle, the struggle to get to, yeah, you know, is. to get to your purpose, to continue pushing forward, even when it seems bleak, even when it seems like we've been defeated, you know, to keep continuing moving forward. And I love that even within that, that even, it, it's almost like it fine-tuned even more your purpose of, right. of highlighting um, diversity. the diversity and more healers. And so I, I love what you're doing um, you. and having directory also um, available for people, I think is so important. Yeah. And it, it, I feel like each phase of their story is based on, I went through something that if I hadn't, I, this wouldn't even have been the next step. You know, right. if I hadn't recognized that, uh, you know, the fashion industry is not very welcoming to me or to what I have going on, if I had realized that dealing with people that don't respect my diversity and understand that I might go through and things like that, you know, you wouldn't have made it to this place. So I think that's amazing, just the story in itself. Mm -hmm. um, and Thank then it's you. what your goal is. Uh, practitioners that are focused on healing things like that thank you. so yeah that's amazing thank you thank you so, so I know much you, you, of course um you focus on mindfulness and that's something that we use i feel like a lot and sometimes people just don't even know what that means exactly um when we talk about mindfulness so can you share your perspective of mindfulness and how it can help with mental health oh yeah gosh i have so many thoughts on that <laughs> um so yeah such a good question especially as it pertains to mental health yeah i mean you know there's um i'm not religious but i've studied many religions and one of the one of my favorite um scriptures in the bible that i still think about and meditate on is um and i i couldn't tell you exactly where in the bible it is but it says pray without ceasing mm -hmm. And I find that across all religions and spiritual practices, this concept of to pray without ceasing is, is really about, to me, it means a mindful way of going about a constant connection to spirit, to, to your higher self, to this greater connection within you. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, mindfulness means to me is I'm, constantly observant of like what are my thoughts and also what are my prayers how am i how am i asking for help or how am i speaking to what i don't desire what is not helping me and and how can i 
constantly come back to being in a place where my thoughts are totally aligned with my spirit and my inner self and my higher self, which I, you know, I believe is all one. So for me, I, I approach everything from a very spiritual lens. Mindfulness doesn't typically go that route I find in mainstream conversations, but for me, from a non-religious um, perspective, you know, that that's actually like a really big part of my mindfulness practice that I'm just, I'm constantly in this state of spiritual connection and I'm constantly in prayer and I'm constantly aware of how I'm speaking to myself, how I'm speaking to the universe, how I'm speaking to spirit, how I'm interacting with those parts of me. That's mindfulness. The other side, if you want to just completely take spirituality out of it, which I, I personally feel that they're all connected, but if that's not what resonates with you, I, I find that mindfulness is being fully present, being truly, truly present. And I have to say from my practice as a healer, I do believe that presence comes in layers. You know, whenever I work with someone and I guide them into deeper presence, you're not going to get to presence like as soon as you sit down or as soon as you lay down, because unless you're a master meditator, we just don't have that ability. So to go through different layers of deeper presence um, to me is going through deeper layers of mindfulness practice. And so when you're truly, truly mindful, it's when you are 100% present with everything that is, and there's no judgment, there is no analyzation or something to do from that space. You just are and all just is. And so that to me is the other side of how one could look at mindfulness and be mindful. And that's, I use practices all day, every day to get to that place, whether that be prayer, meditation, gratitude, just observing to be in true presence with the now, which I believe is infinite where all things happen past, present, and future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a big answer. Sorry. (laughs) Well, because I think that really highlights, for example, someone who's struggling with anxiety, how mindfulness can really help you to kind of, you know, because with anxiety, we're, we're in the future, right? Like, we're, oh my goodness, and this is going to happen, or that's going to happen, or oh my, you know? And so being able to train ourselves, really, and implement a practice where you're coming back to you're coming back here, you're coming back to here, you can, you can already begin to see some of these benefits that taking on a mindfulness practice would, would, would help us. Right, right. And I'm curious, because I know um, this is something we've kind of talked about, just different forms of healing, and, and while we are very therapy of course we understand there's so many ways to heal and so when people are interested in reiki and crystals and those type of things what would be your suggestion about getting started like where's what's the first step if you're interested in those type of healings oh that's such a good question i get that question a lot and i my answer i think is always unsatisfying to everyone but Um, my answer is always to sit with yourself, you know, like it is, I really believe it is our job individually to find the tools that work for us. And, um, and I think it's like an active, a proactive seeking, uh, priority that we, we have to find what works for us. And so I just can't imagine how we can do that if we don't just sit with ourselves and find out what the hell's going on with you, you know? And so when I say sit with yourself, you know, you don't have to go and spend thousands of dollars on TM. You don't have to come to, you know, Moana Snow for healing. All those things are great, but what we can't really do anything for you 
if you haven't really just sat with yourself for a second, be alone, be quiet and just keep inquiring, like what's going on? Where am I? What do I need? What, what, what is, what is necessary for me right now to heal and to give yourself that space and that time and that privacy and intimacy to really find out what I need to move forward with my healing. So I always say that it's really, and, and, and it's free, you don't have to pay anybody for this. Now, if you have a busy house, you might have to go somewhere. If you live in the city, you might be hard pressed to find a space, but you can do this anywhere. You can do this on the subway in New York city, but to just really turn your music off, close your door, go into your closet, hide under your bed. I don't know whatever you're going to do and sit with yourself and inquire and just be quiet and see what comes up and notice how crazy your thoughts are. Notice how negative you feel. Feel into how you can't stop thinking about what's next. And sit with that and be like, hmm, wow, for the first time, I'm recognizing I'm I'm angry. I'm super mad at people. And then from there, you can start to inquire and say, what, am, what do I need to support me in this process? But we have to really start getting to a place where we can actually have the space and the intimacy to know where we are at so that when we make choices about seeking help and support, we actually know ourselves well enough to know what we need. Sure. sure. We got to do the work. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think that's a good, I think it's a great answer mm-hmm. because a lot of times when people do seek help, they're looking for someone else to tell them what they need. Right. And so then that's why sometimes those experiences are so unsatisfactory mm-hmm. or you feel like you're not getting what, exactly what you need because you haven't even recognized either what the issue is or what you're seeking healing mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. I think that's a that's a wonderful answer. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you have any favorite resources or books or podcasts that you would like to suggest for people? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, melanin and mental health, obviously. <laughs> you guys are doing amazing work. I'm so grateful that you guys have created what you have is is really powerful. And that's I mean, I, I don't know if you guys both knew this, but I reached out to you because I was just like, Oh my gosh this is so cool. Like, this is so necessary. So thank you guys for everything that you do. Um, I would say um, other resources, you know, I really love um, YouTube. I think there's a lot of really amazing uh, people and resources there. And, And if, you know, some, some of my clients and friends have said, like, I don't, I can't necessarily afford to get all these books all day long, or, you know, it's tough for me to get to these resources. So, I like to always just direct people to um, YouTube and you can literally look up search terms like, um, you know, how to meditate and you can just go through videos and find things there. I really love Abraham Hicks, by the way, which is a a teacher that um, is very big on the law of attraction and their their overall message is um, to just feel good, to to get into a a good feeling place and and they simplify the hell out of it, but I've worked with that teaching for many, many years, and it's really been powerful in my my life and in my teaching. So I, I highly recommend Abraham Hicks through YouTube, um, and they have lots of books as well. I also um, have a few resources on my end that I'd love to invite people into. I have a monthly energy healing group that actually has a private face group here on Facebook. And we do energy healing every single first Sunday of the month and they're archived for you to continue to watch. And we also are currently doing a meditation, a daily meditation called the Har Meditation for Prosperity, which is a 40 day 
kundalini practice to focus on breaking down the barriers to prosperity within yourself, which has been crazy. And that, that is together with a group um, on Facebook. So th- that, that Facebook group, anybody coming from that, hi guys, it is so alive in that group. Oh my God, it's amazing. So if you, you know, want to learn from these practices, you want to receive energy healing, even through the airwaves like this, it is possible. And we do it every single month. So um, you can go to patreon.com slash Milana Snow or DM me, um, and I'll tell you more about that. And then I would say um, other resources that I find to be really supportive and helpful is actually Instagram. And just typing in hashtags like, you know, um, hashtag uh, Kundalini or hashtag meditation. Like, we have all these resources around us. It's really, like, just seeking through it because – I could give you a book, and I, and I will mention some books. I could give you some people, but it's really about what comes down to what suits you and who you find to be resonant with you. So, you know, go through my Instagram, see who I follow. Go through the Melanie Mental Health following, see who they follow. Um, and in terms of books, lastly, I would say um, one of the books that really changed my life was The Celestine Prophecy. I talk about that a lot. Um, the Celestine that really. Yeah, The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield, that really changed my perspective and helped me actually win Project Runway. That was like one of the, because Project Runway was a spiritual experience for me, and it was through the practices I learned in that book that that I actually feel like was a major factor for me winning. Um, I also love Conversations with God. I think that's a great book to open your mind about who God is and who you are. And then I also love New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which is a little bit of a dense reading. So I, I like to recommend people listen to that as an audiobook. But those are just three that come off, off the top of my mind that I think can just help open up new things in our minds that we didn't have access to based off of how most of us were raised here in the States. All right. That's great. I really like the fact that you gave a lot of like free resources in the beginning because mm-hmm. – um, I'm really big on kind of curating your life, curating your social media and stuff like that. So to be able to um, start your day, I start my day with YouTube. That's just what I do. I go in and I do, I'm looking at money stuff, stuff about (laughs) inspiration. I'm looking at, you know, mental health and fidelity, learning new skills. Like YouTube is the start of my day because I know that I can get good information that then directs how I spend the rest of my day. Um, And so I I like, I like those resources. Um, So tell people why you're dope. (laughs) That's great. That's a great <laughs> question. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. I would say because I really, I really care about people. I really, I, I really want to make an impact on this planet to the point where sometimes it can be a real burden on myself that I impose on myself that's unnecessary. And so even that, I have to be, I have to go back to my lie, like that I really want to make an impact while I'm here on this planet and, and that I better treat myself good and love myself when I don't feel like I can do that so that I can go back and do more of that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I really fucking care about people on this planet and I would not be, you know, starting a tech company for the second time. I wouldn't be doing energy healing. I wouldn't have been broke for six years to finally have a place where I could then have a platform and could then have um, the ability to, to travel and, and meet more people if it weren't for a deep, deep desire to make an impact, to make this world a better place through, through people. Right. So I think that's, I'll give myself that credit. 
the last question is why is therapy or healing dope oh my gosh so i go to a teacher that is also my therapist every other week dr clara um she's changed my life i I notice a distinct difference when I don't go to her. My life is not as wonderful. I'm not as happy. I'm not as physically healthy. And she even helps me make more money. Damn it. Like she, <laughs> I go to her and I notice that I make more money because I come to her and I get my mind and my spirit in alignment. And it is because I have a therapist and a, and a teacher and a mentor that I pay to do that every other single, every other week, if not more when needed. So um, I can just say from my own personal experience, speaking to my own lived experience, having a, a therapist and a mentor and, a, and or a teacher, all of those things I find can be in one or with a few people is integral to my mental, emotional, physical, and financial and relational health yeah. on, on every front. So if you're looking for that, it is 1000% worth the investment, because I know that sometimes we um, have a issue around dropping like 150 to sometimes as much as 300 for sessions and things like that. It is, it it is priceless to do that. So yeah, priceless. That's why it's dope. It's priceless. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> so much. So tell me how to find you, how to keep up with you. Um, we'll make sure to post all of this in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you. So you can find me at Melana Snow on Instagram, um, my platform that is launching um, and is currently in beta. So if you'd like to be a practitioner on the platform, you can go to wellnessofficial.co or visit our Instagram, which is at wellnessofficial. And if you're interested in getting some regular resources of what I use for meditation, the tools that I find are helpful for my own practice and for my clients and to also receive monthly energy healing, you can go to patreon.com slash Milana Snow, and that's M-I-L-L-A-N-A-S-N-O-W. If you just type in Milana Snow, there's just a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, thank you so much. We definitely will put all of that in the show notes so everybody can find you and support. Um, and I'm thinking of people that we know here that are like naturopaths and stuff like that that we could possibly try to get to sign Jeez, up for. We need to get Houston on the map, you guys. And yes. Definitely. Yes. Uh, so we are hopeful to continue to do some work with Milana at some point. Um, or thank you to everyone that is joining us. Uh, this is the last show of the year. Woo! Yes. Yes. We are taking a short break and we'll be back next year. Uh, make sure you follow us across social media at Melanin and Mental Health, Melanin Health on Twitter, and check out melaninandmentalhealth.com. We have new people signing up for the directory every day, so make sure that you get on there to find a dope therapist, or if you are a dope therapist, sign up for the directory. Yeah. Um, new year, new mindset, who this? Who this? Merchandise is on the website as well. Appreciate everybody, and we will talk to y'all next time. Yes. Thank you, Milana. Thank you, Milana. Thank right. you, guys. <laughs> Bye. Happy holidays. Bye.